Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Syndicate podcast. You got myself, John, and then across from me is Albert. What's up, guys? Uh, we'll do a quick sweep of everything with our social medias and everything, get that out of the way, and we can get back into the normal thing. So Instagram, we have our Blue Collar Syndicate. Well, I already fucked up and said that wrong. Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> the underscore Blue Collar under, underscore Syndicate. Facebook, it is the Blue Collar Syndicate Podcast. TikTok, Blue Collar Syndicate Pod. And Albert is still working on a YouTube channel, or he might have it done and just has not told me to fix my notes. No, I haven't got it up and running yet. <laughs> I figured we'd wait till we had some some clips and some longer content to put on. Yeah. Well, we actually started recording video today, so hopefully we can get that up in the next week or two. But um, also make sure we share, like, comment, all sorts of interaction, review, rate, everything you can for the show. Let us know what you think. That way it helps us improve and it just helps on the numbers end. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to see that engagement, guys. So while you're listening or while you're scrolling the old Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever, just give us a little click on that like button and that share button. Oh, yeah. So how's your week been, bud? Where you been? Uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, after we did the last couple episodes, I ended up going up to Wyoming to get a load, took that to Illinois, then went from like Illinois to Minnesota, I think, and then bounced around Minnesota with a couple of loads. I think I took one to Wisconsin. It's been a long week. <laughs> then I ended up going from uh, Minnesota back here to Colorado. The states just kind of blur together. Yeah. Well, I know I had the, I spent the weekend in Wisconsin just chilling in the truck, nothing to do, and then uh, the beginning of the week got pretty interesting. You know, when you run your own business, nobody nobody needs anything until you're out of town. As soon as you're out of town, the phones blew up, and all our customers back here in Colorado needed stuff, so we had to figure out how to get our trucks back here as fast as we could. Yeah, it's like just taking a regular day off from work, and then everything just changes and goes to hell. Yeah. You come back, and you're like, what is this tornado of a mess that left got left behind? Yep, every time, I swear, every time. <laughs> What about you? What have you been up to? Oh, just working. Apparently somebody heard me talk some shit or apparently they heard me talk about watering trees at my housing development and they decided to send me south and go work on the side of a landfill and reseed some spots. So I got to work on the side of a mountain. Well, that sounds pretty fun. What, um, did, uh, what did that entail? Well... I got to drive around a giant landfill that I don't really ever go on. And then they take, like we were talking about my John Deere tractors that I get to drive. I put them on sides of hills and I can get fairly steep, but there's also a, a bit of a butt pucker factor depending on what kind of attachment you have on you. So you can either have something super heavy and pull you down and try not to roll over, or you can just kindly coast sideways going on a, on a hill. Yeah. I've always... I've always seen those guys working, you know, at the landfill or in the side of the mountains, and it always looks pretty pretty sketchy. Well, I mean, in a dozer, it's probably one thing because you have all of that ground pressure distributed a lot better instead of just tires. Yeah. So weight distribution is a lot different. I always like watching the uh, the highway workers. I see them guys mowing in some pretty ridiculous yeah. spots. I legit saw a video of, of a, like what you're saying because they have single wheels, and on the tractors I use are dueled. And he was straight up going sideways, facing uphill, but going sideways at the same time. And I was like, yeah, 
I'm not doing that without fucking duels on my tractor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you there. So uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about what the main theme of this this episode should be about, and we got to talking about, especially because it's fresh on my mind, uh, working out of town. Yeah. I know you got to do quite a bit of that in your day. Yes, I have spent years on the road going from state to state and spending months away from home, so I've I've bounced back and forth. I'm back in Colorado full-time now. I made that change in March-ish. Yeah, r- right around March, so I'm back in Colorado full-time, but it, it has its ups and downs, positives and negatives. So I I thought it was a good one to touch, too. I was talking to another guy we know, and uh, we both agreed that's probably one of the biggest... One of the top, I'd say top five, if not probably top three issues people face in, you know, in the blue collar world is uh, working away from home, working away from your family. Even if it's not far away from homes, you know, some guys are working crazy hours and it's it's the same, if not worse than just working out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Even like you were saying, just being local, like when the oil field was going, you'd be at a rig. 20 minutes away and you wouldn't, you wouldn't be home for a day and a half, but even out of town, I spent, when I used to live in Texas, I, I spent three or four months away from home. And then even years before that, I've spent probably eight to nine solid months in Texas before I even lived there, you know, just traveling around working. Yeah, that happens a lot. And I think, uh, people kind of, a lot of people look at that with weird perspectives. Yeah. Um, some guys love it for the right reason. Some guys love it for the wrong reasons. And some people refuse to do it for good reasons or bad reasons. And I think that's a that's a big issue that maybe we can clear up or at least get people to think about a little more. Yeah, because when I started, I was like 19. And it was just a different world because I went from high school, fast food and restaurants to Alabama swamps. And it was a world flipped upside down like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it was it was a lot of fun. So I kind of got hooked on that. And it was being able to go all over the place, work hours, and then plus the paycheck was also a lot of fun. And when you're like when you're young and single, it makes sense to go out there and make the money to do what you can. But you also need to have a good proper balance now that I'm older and kind of reflect on it. Yeah, it's it's definitely one thing I always tell people when when we're talking about it. It's uh one of the biggest factors to working away from home is the age factor. Uh, for younger people, definitely a lot easier than it is when you get older. And not, I mean, just it, it could be because you have, you know, kids, a wife, a girlfriend, all that stuff can get not in the way, but it can just cause a lot more headache than when you're younger and a single dude and you're just out enjoying life, making a good paycheck. Yeah, I remember like even before I got married, just dating, it was, you know, oh, I wish you were here. I wish you were there. there. And then when arguments would happen, you know, there's just the normal crap that relationships come with. And then you obviously you miss everything because the world still turns while you're out in a different state, you know, a day and a half away. Well, you're out there working six days a week, seven days a week. And everyone, everyone, you know, back home is still doing whatever they want and out having fun, partying, everything you like to do. Yeah, I would say I was uh, I was a prime example of when I was younger, not leaving town for the wrong reasons. Um, I didn't take advantage of it when it would have been the best time for me. You know, I was young and I had quite a few friends like you working out of town 
we're working long hours away from home and I always looked uh looked against it I I refused to do it for a long time out of honestly uh naiveness I uh was more concerned about being able to go party on the weekends, <laughs> be around my friends from school. You know, even though high school's over, you're still kind of living in that bubble, especially in our area, you know, rural Colorado. Yeah, you still have that little clique or group of friends where everyone does the same thing. Yeah, so I that was a little higher on my priority list than it should have been. And then when I did end up doing a lot of traveling was the backwards time of when you should have been doing it. I started traveling with one kid and one in the oven (laughs) (laughs) but i mean at least for hot shotting and driving you still get to control your schedule to try and reroute yourself back home yeah that was the saving grace on my end when i did start doing a lot of traveling was i was doing it i was my own boss so i kind of got to say nope i'm done time to come home or you know especially when the second my second kid was getting close to his due date you know we we reeled it in and i wouldn't leave town for the few weeks leading up to his due date yeah yeah being able to control that's a lot better because i like i remember just being out and one job finishes up and they're like all right you ready to go to the next one and you either say sure or they send you home and you don't know what they have going for you back locally and or you just sit around and wait until they tell you to go somewhere else yeah and that's the i mean that's one good thing about doing it when you're younger you're a lot more flexible i know the first time i was sent out of town for another company we were sent down to Texas for what was supposed to be a week, or originally a week, mm-hmm. then turned into two, turned into about two and a half, three months. And I was younger, and I was irritated about having to leave town in the first place, especially because kind of like uh, how you got hired on. I got called on a Tuesday afternoon and asked if I could be down in Texas Wednesday morning. Yeah, and depending on where they say in Texas, it's going to be either an eight-hour drive or an 18-hour drive. Yeah, it was it was about eight or nine. It was somewhere between. Uh, it's a little town between. Uh, it would have been between Wichita Falls and Gainesville. They were doing a big directional bore going all the way down that highway. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't bad. It's still irritating though. Know? You know, you're in the middle of Denver working, and they're like, "Hey, can you be in Texas tomorrow morning by seven? Oh yeah. And then of course that was just a mess all on its own. Uh, but I was still irritated, and the money wasn't better. We had a boss who I don't think he kind of understood working out of town and how it affects normal people because he had a lot of guys working for him that were single young guys who didn't give a shit about anything or guys that had problems at home, so they were excited to not have a reason not to go home for a yeah, few months. Yeah, if you got a problem at home and you have a – a way to get away from it you're going yeah that's so he had to deal with a lot of that and he i don't know if he intentionally did it or what but i felt like he was taking advantage of that situation you know we didn't get a bump in pay our per diem was 20 dollars a day oh my god uh, and for me i mean it irritated the shit out of me i had no reason to leave town other than he needed help down there i i didn't want to leave town and like i said the money wasn't definitely wasn't enticing yeah. working for him to leave town so it was it was an ugly first uh, experience for me leaving town for that long. Yeah, and th- there's also people that are just like the homebody type where they don't want to go out, and then there's the people that do want to go out. Like for me, when I traveled, it was work hard, play hard on the weekends, and then slowly as I got older, I realized, man, I could probably go out and just check out these cool areas I'm at and not 
be hung over and have to worry about all that. Because, I mean, when you're in Montana and South Dakota and really cool areas, I mean, you can spend a couple hours, leave early in the morning and go check out Mount Rushmore if you wanted to, or you just hang out and nurse a headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the more popular option. Um, so when you were, you know, at, at the beginning stages of your traveling around a bunch, what what were the biggest problems you had as a younger guy other i mean other than nursing your headaches um where was i going to spend my paycheck because i was not used to getting that kind of money yeah that's one of the things i was referring to about some people having the wrong mindset is uh i definitely know some guys who went out of town and made a lot more money than the in-town type of guys but at the end of the week everybody still had the same amount of dollars left in their bank yeah. account. yeah it was it was very different when you go from making fast food money to out of town money with per diems and just different pay rates. So it was definitely a change. It was definitely a learning curve, but it was, it was well, well worth it. You know, the hards, hards and goods about it. So if you could go back in time, would you do it again? Probably I'd, I'd probably go do it again just because I like where I'm at now. I mean, who knows? It's just like the little time uh, time travel theory. If I f- kill one bee, what's going to pr- change the future? So if I told myself not to go to that bar one night or don't do this or don't do that, who knows what would be happening today? We might not be having this podcast. So be thankful that I went through all that shit. <laughs> well, then I'm thankful. <laughs> I guess a better way to rephrase that question, how about how about if you were talking to someone 10 years younger than you who's about to go down that trip, what advice would you give them? If I was to give advice to a younger guy that's going out on his first job, I would, one, definitely just enjoy it. Have fun. Learn every, everything you can. Do everything you can. But be smart at the same time. I mean, there's there's limits to having fun, but you also don't want it to jeopardize yourself, your work, the, the company you work for, and all that stuff. There's there's boundaries, and you don't want to cross those. So just have, have fun is definitely... The, one and then just be smart yeah that's definitely it's a balancing act so one of the experiences it wasn't my experience but one of the things i've seen in the oil field is i was an in-town guy so i went to the same yard every day left from the same yard every day and we'd occasionally get transfers that came from out of state back in state to work and you would see both sides of the coin i remember there was one kid who came in i mean i He's a kid and relative speaking now, but back then he was the same age as me. But he left Colorado, went to North Dakota, and stayed in North Dakota for a year and a half straight. Never came home, not even once. And he was focused on the money, not the fun like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So it had his pros and cons. He elected to stay in a man camp because it was free, ate man camp food because it was free, and he was very... Uh, cheap <laughs> like as cheap as he yeah. could possibly be he was and as much as the other guys dogged on him for not going to the bar and not going to the strip club with him and all that stuff they kind of had to uh what do they say they had to eat crow when it t- came time to come home because he came home and had he was 21 or 22 when he came home and he literally told me he had over $120,000 sitting in his checking account and he'd already paid cash for a brand new truck and already paid for half of his house. 
Oh yeah, the the money's definitely there if you're if you buckle down like that. I've met a couple inspectors where just like the summertime season and stuff like that, where they would literally pitch a tent and let someone in someone's backyard if they would allow it, and they would shower at truck stops and all that stuff and everything they could just to save money because it's they can do so much with it pay you know pay bills off and live debt free in the future they're they're playing they're playing the long game yeah and that's that's a it's a good thing to think about if you're facing that decision to leave town or not is i guess you got to think of why you want to leave town because the way i would phrase it is there's probably two mindsets uh you looking for a new experience or are you looking for a checking account with some money in it yeah because there there is definitely something good about you know, leaving your, where you're used to leaving your home and going and seeing the entire country and meeting other people. I mean, it was when I, when I hit the road at 27 and I was going, I started going prior to that, I'd been probably within a four state area and that's about it. So when I, the first time I went to like Arkansas, I was amazed. Same with Oklahoma. Real quick, everyone that's listening, I want to know how you pronounce that state because I worked with a gentleman that pronounced I'm gonna I pronounce it Arkansas just like you do, but he's from Kansas and he pronounces it Arkansas. Yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs> so let us know how you pronounce that state. What I can say about that is if you go to a local tire shop because you got a nail in your tire, don't expect to understand a single word them Arkansas people are saying. <laughs> that guy's accent was so thick. I it was worse than trying to talk to someone who spoke Spanish. Yeah. Like I couldn't understand a word. I would have had way better luck with Spanish speakers. Yeah. <laughs> we had a gentleman that from Arkansas as well could barely understand him and he was the white eddie murphy just (laughs) big smile big teeth and you couldn't understand half the shit he was saying yeah that was that was these guys but they were awesome but like it was it was shell shock to me to go to arkansas and actually see how nice and green it was Um, oh yeah oklahoma is the same way i don't know my entire life i thought oklahoma was a desert (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i had that thought but i i literally thought it was like arizona like i was like it's dirt and rocks yeah, one of the first states I definitely fell in love with was Texas because I worked in Oklahoma as well, but I was more on the eastern side over in Shawnee and Prague and like that. Yeah, and then I went down to Athens, Texas, and Palestine and Livingston, so that eastern side where there's a lot of trees and scenery and stuff and the rolling hills, and that's kind of where I fell in love. So the traveling, you get to see all sorts of parts of the country because even from where we are. I've, we've had people work for us that have come from working warehouses in Mississippi and they've gone to bun, bumfuck Montana with us in the wintertime. They've never seen snow. They've never seen flat land for miles and it's just complete culture shock for them. They're like, what in the fuck is this place? Yeah, that's that's how it was for me in a lot of places. I remember I was, uh, first time I really went deep into Arizona and I got to see like actual cactuses for the first time. I was on the phone with my wife and she died laughing because the I, I was like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, what? I was like, have you ever seen a cactus in real life? And she's like, yeah. I was like, that is the stupidest looking fucking plant I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I always had like the picture, you know, the cartoons and stuff of what a cactus looks like. No, it's just a dumb fucking stick tree. <laughs> like, it's, it's so stupid. But what I will say, though, is it gave me a new perspective on where I live. It yeah. actually made me not like where I live as much as... uh it made me realize it's not as great as I thought it was. There's places out there that are actually a lot nicer for more than more than just the landscape, you know. Oh yeah. When you meet people, you know, I, I have another guy who works for me and he's been down south and the first thing he's like, "Why is everyone down here so nice?" 
Mm-hmm. He goes, everyone in Colorado is in a hurry and they're a fucking asshole. You go to the gas station, it's in, out, fuck off. Yeah. He goes, you go down to just some some dumb little town in Mississippi that has like two gas stations and a few houses. He goes, those people will talk your ear off. They're so nice to you. They're kind. They give you help, whatever you need. Oh, yeah. And he he was uh, kind of the same as me. He's really got aspirations of moving, moving that way one day, you know, down to that southeast corner of the country because he's just – he fell in love with it. You know, Tennessee was another state that you kind of, you think Tennessee, you think Nashville and country singers, but you get out there and you see some of their, their mountains and forests and how green it is. I remember, I, I remember driving down this road where the whole road was overgrown with trees. So it was like a tunnel of trees. Oh yeah. It was the coolest shit I ever seen. And you know, here in Colorado, we got some big mountains, but when you actually look at them, they're just fucking rocks and trees. And you go to the, some of these other, like, you know, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina's got some pretty North good views Carolina, as well. Yeah, oh yeah. Those those mountains are, I'd say, a lot more interesting than ours, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Because like like I said, when I lived in Texas, I don't I don't live there anymore, obviously. But when you're gone and then you come back, all of a, all of a sudden, Colorado is just like like what you said. So so. <laughs> yeah, it's not that great. Everything's dead when it starts getting cold, and it's not green anymore. People are dicks. I've literally watched people at a stoplight open their door and dump out their ashtray. I was like, are you? Are you kidding me? Like right now, you can't wait till you get to a gas station. Yeah, the the, the problem with Colorado, and if you're a Colorado person and you're looking at leaving out of town, is you'll know what we're talking about. Colorado is just pockets of culture. There is one pocket of culture in the center of the state, and then there's two other pockets of culture. You got Eastern Colorado, which is farmland, and Western Colorado, which is mountain rednecks. <laughs> mountain rednecks. <laughs> and there, there's some awesome people and. The, the other two pockets get along, that middle pocket not so much, but we're so split in our ideologies that it we just don't click as well as we, we should. And when you go to these other states, you kind of see s- most of these other states, you, you see less less uh, separation. You know, you, you go to Kansas and the people in the big city, um, minus Kansas City, but, you know, like <laughs> Topeka. trash hole. <laughs> yeah, like Topeka or – um, Hayes or um, some of them other bigger towns. The first one that came to my mind was Russell, but that's not a big town. Yeah. And I only remember that town because of the A&W I would always stop off at. <laughs> yeah, but you go to those towns, and those people think the same as the people in the little town. They're still nice. They're still polite. Yeah. They're a lot easier going. Um, so, like, when when we're talking about traveling, there there's a great reason to do it just to just to see what's different i mean you could be from kansas and come to colorado and think the exact opposite you might think colorado is great yeah you know there's especially when like weed became illegal one of the first states everyone came here for that reason you had the weed you have the mountains you have the hiking you have all that stuff and now just leave please (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh unfortunately i think colorado's hit a point where there's not much hope for it to turn turn anywhere really it's just gonna keep uh going down a very progressive route and that's that's one thing that is also interesting when you start doing all this traveling is you get to see you get to see what you don't know you you know you hear on the news you hear about like illinois and all you think about is chicago but when you go out to farmland in illinois those Mm -hmm. people are great oh yeah and it'll give you it might give you a different perspective if you ever thought about like 
I want to move to Illinois. I don't and know why you would. Some of those states, it doesn't take long to see the scenery change. Oh, yeah. Like in Colorado, you can drive down I-25 and see the exact same thing. You'll see the mountains on your left or on the west, depending on which way you're driving, and you'll see nothing on the east. Yep. But if you're in, say, Illinois, or I, I've witnessed it in Tennessee, where you can be driving and then you come up over a hill and it's completely different. You're either out of the trees and into a gorgeous farmlands or you're vice versa. Oh, yeah. No, it, there's a lot of that. So traveling definitely, it allows you to see all those places and it allows you to see it like getting paid to do it. Yeah. So there's that's a big bonus. Yeah, if you want to travel and you plan on doing it like smart and make money at the same time, take the opportunity, especially if you are young. It, you, not, you don't always get that kind of opportunity. Yeah, I would definitely say if you're young, I would prioritize that. I'd prioritize the uh, the experience over the money a little bit. You know, I would still definitely try to be better about spending. Yeah. And then on the whole other flip side of that, traveling as an older person, it uh, I think it should be more about the money and a little bit less about the experience. Because if you're, in my opinion, if you're in your 30s, you should be real close to you should be close to kind of deciding what, what your roots are going to be. I'm not saying you need to be concreted in. Yeah. But you should have a pretty good idea where you want to be. Yeah. You're, you're getting closer on that five to 10 year goal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Five, like five, 10 years tops. When you're 20, you know, you got 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause I like, I, I, the last year of my traveling, it was, you know, I, let's go golfing and just explore a little bit. And, you know, I'm just going to hang back. And I mean, I probably would travel again, but like we, now with this show that we have and then my brand and all that, it's like, I think we're just going to keep everything central located and just do traveling as fun. You know, now it's going to be more of a vacation type of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a big difference from going from traveling for work reasons to fun. Yeah. It's a huge shift. Yeah. And then we have a friend that he travels around the world he's been in a bunch, bunch of countries and stuff and i chatted with him just to take it out of the states real quick where he's made lifelong friends in europe in different countries over there where he can make a phone call and he has a couch to sleep on and yeah. vice versa where if someone from italy came over to the states in colorado where they could call and he has a couch for them and i mean you you can probably do that same type of thing here in colorado but the way the states are and just the way the world is now people are going to second guess you and be like are you a serial killer that you're trying to <laughs> stab me in the long run or what yeah or if you're driving a vehicle with colorado plates you're getting pulled over and searched for weed yeah especially <laughs> if you're in a state that does not have weed like texas kansas <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no that's that's a good point uh that is something i don't think you'll get traveling around our country like yeah. you if you're working it's it's probably a lot lower opportunity that you're going to meet a lifelong friend in southern Arkansas. Or yeah, unless it, unless you're on some giant job and you just met another worker there, but you're not going to meet some random stranger. Yeah, yeah. And then I would say the other thing is, uh, you know, traveling when you're older is, if you have money reasons to do it, I would definitely do it. I wouldn't say no because that is – Going back to when I was younger, I wish I would have done the traveling younger. So by now, I would I would have to do less of it. Yeah. Um, 
put a little bit more towards your house, you know, work on your debt so that way you have a better future and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and then especially younger, you know, there were some opportunities that I, I really missed out on. Um, I had a chance to go to Alaska, you know, and I passed on that because I have no friends to party with in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could find some some moose and some bears in the woods and go party with them. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually, you know, side story, I had a great opportunity. There was a guy going up there to do some gold mining. Oh, that'd be awesome. I wasn't going to be gold mining. It was even odder than that. He wanted to pay me and my girlfriend to go live in his camp during the winter to make sure no one stole his fuel or his equipment. We were oh, it's so like your groundskeeper. Yeah, we were getting paid to hang out in a cabin in Alaska all winter. Bro, what? <laughs> and you didn't take that? No, dude. There's no one to party with up there. I you and your you. girlfriend. You can party together all night. Yeah, we came back with 10 kids. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's an opportunity. I, you know, I don't regret it because, like you said, who knows what my life would have turned into if I would have done it. You know? Yeah, you you might have a bigger beard from being a mountain man. Bigger beard or who knows, maybe I would die from a bear attack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, but I, I, maybe I wouldn't have the two kids I have now. Maybe I wouldn't own a business like I do now or maybe I would, but it would all be in Alaska. I don't know. Yeah. So it's it's not that I regret not doing it, but if, if I had a time machine, I if I had a time machine and was able to keep the knowledge I have now in life and not mess up the future. Yeah. I definitely go back and do it. Yeah. That makes, yeah, that's true. As long as you didn't fuck everything up like Tony Stark with his finger snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't be cool. And, but, uh, so yeah, as, as an older guy, if you're faced with the opportunity to work out of town, it's, it's a little more serious, but you also don't want to pass on it and wish kind of wish you didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if the reasons are right, you know, the reasons are right. And you know, if you have kids and you're getting promised ample home time to see your kids, cause that, that is one thing I can say, you know, being on the road when my first kid was real little and especially right after my second kid was born, you know, you leave town and they're like as big as my shoe. And then I come back and they're crawling yeah. You know. Yeah. You miss out on a lot. I'm guessing. Yeah. You miss out on quite a bit. I mean, the good thing is today's technology. There's a lot of FaceTime, a lot of videos. So that that definitely made it easier than it probably was for those guys doing it 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, even in just say three or five years, your kids are, you know, in sports or school activities and you're traveling. You don't get to be there for the football or basketball games and oh, yeah. watch all that. Type I mean, of just stuff. this year I missed Halloween. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that is true. Not, not the... Granted, that's not a priority holiday for me. I mean, I won't miss Christmas or Thanksgiving, but that's also because I'm my own boss. I know guys who've had to work through that out of town away from their families. And if you're older with a family, you know, that's that's a risk factor you got to calculate in is is it worth it? Yeah. You know, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And I think what we should go into a little more, regardless if you're young or old, is what to expect when you're out of town. So... Granted, you've got a few more years out of town travel than me. I think we can both speak pretty good to maybe some more of the realities because a lot of people talk kind of how we've been talking for the last few minutes about all the, the up, the upside, the uh, yeah. the views, the landscape, the meeting people, all that stuff. But there's a lot of stuff about traveling no one no one tells you to like prepare yourself for. Or if they do, it's like short and sweet, like – you know, I've heard guys just tell your wife, you'll see her in six weeks. Like there is, that's true, but there's also a way to minimize that 
that heartache. You know, there's, there's a way to prepare both you and your wife. Like, okay, make sure you're on the same page. Like that, that was a big thing that made it a little easier for me when I was on the road is like my wife knew why I was on the road. Yeah. Like, and we knew how long I was going to be gone for the most part. So like one of the, I guess the downside, you know, people don't talk about is even when it's going good, it's still stressful on a relationship if you're in one. Yeah. And then try, try doing it when you're getting a divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not only that, but okay. Even if you're not in a relationship, the guy who works for me is not in one, but how, I mean, he tells me a little bit about how hard the dating life is now when you're out of town for three weeks at a time. Yeah. That is definitely stressful. It's, because for me, I, I I would live in hotels. I'd bounce from hotel to hotel to hotel. And when you wanted to meet someone or try and you know meet locals and have friends, it's kind of hard to tell someone I live in a hotel. Yeah, come come hang out with me while we <laughs> hang out in the Holiday Inn room one one forty six. Oh yeah. Well, and then you know like uh, you know some of those guys who you know are working on a relationship, you you end up fighting that battle of do I get serious with someone that's not in my hometown or, oh, yeah. or yeah. do I get serious with someone in my hometown? But then I got to figure out how we keep each other happy when, you know, we go on one date and we aren't going on another one for three months. Yeah. That is definitely going to be a challenge. And it is, it seems to be harder today than 10 years ago when we started Yeah, because you have the power of social media and all these different influences that, weren't necessarily there. So it has definitely changed the outlook and mindset of people. So it, that is definitely challenging for, I never dated people. I'm, I'm, I better not say people. <laughs> I never dated women that were in the towns that I were was working in. I just, I didn't have like the, I guess the heart to date was, you know, know that I was going to date this person for a few months and then break up with them yeah. or, try and make a long distance relationship. And then when I go home, I'm in a completely different state when they are. So yeah. it's constantly apart from each other. And then even when you are dating someone in your home state, like you said, you're, you know, we're months away or, you know, a couple of months from seeing each other again and hundreds of miles apart. And yet the, someone has to take time off and come see each other and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot harder than what people think. And it's a lot of mental strain. Yeah. So I guess the, an important part, if we're just kind of focusing on the the dating aspect, I'd say, I mean, I I don't have, I never had really that struggle. I mean, me and my wife have been together since high school, so it's been pretty simple for yeah. me. But, you know, I, I, I've seen it in other guys, you know, that whole, everybody wants a partner. Humans are designed to be together. You know, you're not designed to be single forever. You may think you are, but when you're 60 and or 70 and, you're the only single guy and you're trying to mack on some lady at your nephew's barbecue. <laughs> you end up being the weird guy, you know? And then most of those guys, you know, you hear them on podcasts all the time. They, they say, you know, they would have done stuff different. Yeah. Know? I wish I would have traveled more. I wish I would have dated more or something yeah, like that. I wish I would have tried to actually find somebody. I wasn't, you're not designed to be a bachelor your whole life. No. And, uh, so I guess on that aspect is, I mean, I would say, from an inexperienced aspect, I guess my only recommendation would be set your expectations. You know, if you're a single guy, kind of like you were saying, don't be a dick and try to 
make someone fall in love with you out of town if you know you're leaving in three months and you have no intention on keeping it going. Yeah, I definitely met a lot of people like that, and it was hard to watch them, you know, just because it's against, like, my moral code. That's one reason why I didn't do it. And obviously, when you start drinking, it makes you want <laughs> to get in relationships like that. But in the long run, I never really did it. And it's hard to watch people do that just because you know it's not right. And you're just stringing people along, hurting yeah. other others. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So I guess we could, I mean, go to the next obvious progression, which would be if you're in a relationship, you know, dating, you've been dating for a little bit or you're married or married with kids. What, what does that look like in your experience? What uh, What would you advise people if you were... Let's start with seriously dating. You're now, you're asking a guy that's divorced. I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you, you, you have a little bit different perspective than I would, for sure, and that's a good thing. So, I'm saying go to the next progression because you also traveled when you and your ex-wife were still dating. You weren't married yet. You were still traveling back then. So, what what advice would you give to somebody who's like, I'm not married. I don't have kids, but me and my girlfriend or me and my boyfriend have been together for two years now and I'm about to start traveling. So the way you phrase that is going to be different for me because when I was, like I said, like you said, I was already traveling when I met my now ex-wife and, um, I was, like I said, I was already traveling. So I told her upfront about it. So she knew I wasn't going to be around much. So, so we had, so you said the expectation already. Yeah, I was like, just so you know, I'm not home very often. So it's either you come see me or you don't see me until the job gets done because I'm not taking time away from my job, which, you know, it, it sounds selfish. But at the same time, when you're doing it for so many years, you are stuck on the job Well, to, to a point. Some people would call it selfish. I look at it. That was, that was the honest thing to say. Yeah. You know, that's the best. Hon- what do they say? Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. You know, and that's, I guess that, that's a good point is when you're, when you're traveling, don't, don't set a false expectation. You know, if, if you know you're going to keep traveling, don't be like, oh, you know, I'll wait. Yeah, the, it down. the job's going to end in a week. I'll be home. And four months later, you're still never home. You know, I, I, I did my best to let them know. But in the line of work I was in, you never know when the actual job is going to be done because you might see the finish line, but you might have to track back 10 miles and start all over again. Yeah. But as dating, you just need to be as open and keep that open line of communication as you can. And then obviously comes with a lot of trust in one another. So if you think you have trust issues, you probably have trust issues and you need to work on that before you get into some sort of long distance relationship like that. Yeah, I I would say if you have trust issues, traveling is only going to magnify that issue. That is 100% true. So... I guess the simple the simple answer there is if you say you're just in a serious dating relationship is is as simple as it sounds honesty so you you need to be you need to be upfront and say hey I'm traveling I'm going to be traveling this is how it is are you in or are you out yes and I guess the other thing I would add is if there's a big disagreement you need to you need to address that disagreement so you know if if you are in a serious relationship and you're the dude and you're telling your girlfriend, Hey, I I'm traveling or I'm going to be traveling or she wants you to stop traveling and you have no desire to, or no intention to, or 
you're just not in a position in life where you're ready to do that. As brutal and blunt as it, blunt as it may sound, I would honestly say break it off before it gets worse. I will agree with that. And obviously with being divorced, I have a different outlook on things. You know, you can look back and reflect on all that. So there definitely would have been some sort of changes. Um, and if I was to do it all over again, I would do it definitely different. But yes, if you're going to be as honest as you can upfront about it, the other person, whether the traveling person's a guy or, or a girl, the opposite person needs to be understanding and open about it and respect it. And if they can't, then you guys just need to go your separate ways because it's not going to work. It's not going to be easy. You're going to spend 90% of your time arguing over the phone and texting, and then you're going to be at your work that you spend every day at with your coworkers grouchy, and it's not going to be fun. And yeah, like we were talking on another podcast that we did earlier, uh, or an episode or two ago, that's, that's a cancer on the job site. Yes. So definitely that would be, I'd say our, our simple advice is be honest and be prepared, you know, prepare both yourself and the other person don't have trust issues. And if there really is a irreconcilable, how do you say irreconcilable? (laughs) I don't know. That's too big of a word for me. If there really is a disagreement on traveling or not traveling and you can't come to terms with it, then it might be time just to end those terms. Yeah. And yeah, if it's like a new relationship, then, and you're already doing it, there's, there's really no loss in it. But if you're and you, if you and your partner have been dating for years and you're doing a job change, then that's a completely different discussion where you get, you both need to talk about it and figure it out. So that also comes with that as well. Yeah. And if you're the one who's going to be traveling too, you need to be open to the other person's reasons why they don't want you to travel. Yeah. Very true. So let's progress to marriage now. So as a married person traveling, obviously that can be, that can be a nightmare or it can be good. Um, I'll start off by saying, you know, for me traveling as a married person, it was easier because I was my own boss. It was also easier because prior to me doing this, granted the traveling ended up being a lot more than we anticipated, but we both had, we had an agreement on the goal we're trying to get to. And we also had an agreement on what it was going to take to reach that goal. So it still gets hard. Don't get me wrong. Just because me and my wife agreed that I'm going to have to travel and that I might be on the road for weeks at a time, it still gets hard. Oh like yeah. Just because you agree doesn't mean like every everything smiles and happy. I mean, me and my wife have fought more with me being on the road than we ever did before. And not in – we actually didn't fight much prior to that. Like we were actually kind of abnormal to most of my other friends that had long-term girlfriends or wives like – we didn't fight too much, but being on the road, we fought a lot, but we didn't fought a lot because we started not seeing eye to eye on things. It's a communication problem because everybody knows you can't, you can't always necessarily send the proper emotion through a text. Yes. And everybody also knows on the phone, even talking on the phone, things come across not how you intend them all the time. You might come across a little more blunt than you mean to, or a little more shittier than you mean to, or you get pissed off because your wife ain't listening because there's two kids screaming in the background. And then, yeah, after you've had a long day and you need to talk about something. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's mood goes to shit. Yep. So, and then plus the person that's staying at home, such as yourself, you're a, you're, you're a homeowner. And I was at, at as well. The person, your wife that's at home now has to take care of absolutely everything. So if there's a, 
if your sink breaks, she has to take care of it with kids and all that stuff. 10 o'clock at night, FaceTime, trying to explain to my wife how to relight the water heater that blew out. <laughs> and, uh, granted, she does it. She's a trooper. She figured it out and got it handled, but it's still... It's it a, still it's sucks because you feel like a failure. You're like, this should be something I should be there fixing right now. Yeah, yeah, and you're, it's an entire new responsibility and amount of pressure that gets put on somebody when you know that you should be there to do it. Yeah, and then, you know, if you got animals and stuff, they're next thing you know, they're they're trying to take care of all your animals and all your dogs and all this stuff, and you're just, you think it might be simple, and why can't it just get done? Meanwhile, they're at home trying to do something they don't normally do and then that can also just lead to a big argument about things yeah when they sorry they they have their normal routine and all of a sudden they're trying to adapt yours into a new one so you come home do all your stuff like is it really that hard to do it (laughs) exactly and that that leads to issues and yeah there's a bunch of resentment and arguing and all sorts of different yeah and honestly the only thing you do is just try to work work them out and work through them um as the traveling person you need to be a lot more patient yes you know a lot because something that you used to do at home that was simple isn't you know i mean a good example for me would be telling my wife to come out to my shop and get my shop heater relit so my pipes in my bathroom don't freeze again and flood my garage something i can do in five minutes and then something she's been trying to do for 20 frustrated as shit on the phone and i'm getting impatient because it's not done yet yeah and you know you have to remind yourself to cool your jets, quit being so impatient because flip it around, you know. It probably she'd probably get pretty impatient with me if I was the one trying to cook breakfast for the two little terrorists and <laughs> clean the dishes at the same time and the laundry needs folded and on top of that I gotta go relight my heater. Yeah. So communication is definitely an issue, but it's also an issue. Take advantage of our technology, guys. Um FaceTime is cool. You know, FaceTime, especially if you have kids, you know, your kids get a FaceTime you and they're like, if you ever watch videos from a world star and the camera's all shaky and you're <laughs> like, this is the worst. I mean, it's annoying as shit, but it's also kind of adorable because your kids are just trying to see you and talk to you. And can you see me? Yeah. Can you hear me, dad? Yeah. And then same with your, with your spouse. Even if you don't have kids, it's nice to actually see a face. Oh yeah. Yeah. So communication is probably the biggest thing to keep in check whether uh more communication less communication i've worked with guys who are those guys that are like i send my wife a text every two days and let her know i'm still alive and that's it and i will say those are also the guys that usually seem like going home is an inconvenience yeah i've met a i've met a gentleman where he didn't really it's it didn't really seem like he cared much about his wife like you said i would send a text every now and then and he was more interested about finding his girlfriend in that town just so he had that attention. And it, it, it bothered me because it's like, you know, you dedicated your time to somebody and it's hard for me to say that just because I've been married and now divorced, but I, I still don't fully agree with that. When you commit to that person, you should be committing to that person. Definitely. And, uh, I always find it funny with those guys. I've worked with those share guys too, that, uh, had a girlfriend in each town, two kids in every state, and a wife at home. So it's always awkward. It's always been a strong against my morals. I'm pretty strong on that point. That family reunion is going to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or that uh, paycheck's going to start getting real small when they start yeah. collecting child support. Honey, why is the check $75.32? I know guys that 
took it as far as to tell their wife they were only making $18 an hour when they made 30 because they had to figure out how to explain why their check was so small because some the state of Montana was taking money out of it mm. for some kid they left in some little town. And that's all. I mean, it's not cool in general. But I always, for the guys who do that, I, I don't understand. You have to put so much effort into keeping that shit together. Yeah, when you start lying like that, you have to keep track of that lie. I just wonder how good your marriage would be if you put that much effort into your marriage. <laughs> I'm just going to nod my head. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I see that. dude. I've seen guys string along three, four girlfriends, four different states, and have their wife and kids at home. And I'm just like, they're like, my fucking wife this, my fucking wife won't do that. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And oh, I got, I got Texas one over here. I got Texas one over here. I got to send this one money. And I'm just like, how good would your life be if you put all that effort just into your actual marriage? Yeah, into one person. Yeah, yeah. so that's definitely a key thing. And that will go back to trust issues. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're being a douche, don't be mad at your wife for having trust issues, rightfully so. Yeah. When you give the person a reason to, don't be mad when they actually have it. Yeah, you, you kind of have a choice. And I'd also go back to the, the blunt option there. If if you can't control yourself, don't ruin someone else's life along with it. Just break it off. Preach it, brother. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it's annoying. And I've always felt very strongly about that, especially just, you know, the whole marriage subject these days, period. I got I got some strong opinions on it. And it it's always annoyed me. And there's been guys... I, at work, I really respected their work and I really respected their, you know, supervisory skills or the equipment operating skills. But as a husband or a boyfriend, they were fucking garbage. Yeah. And that's, it's an awkward, it's an awkward position to be in when like your mentor at work is also a piece of shit at home. Yeah. <laughs> it gets awkward. So we can move on from communication. Um, How about this? Since we're on the to- the topic of traveling, where's one place in this U.S.? I know you don't want to go out of the country because we've had that conversation. <laughs> where's one place in the States that you would like to go travel to? Whether you can do it vacation or try and get a load to hotshot that over there. For a load, I want a hotshot as like a goal for my company is would require actually going out of the country. I want to take something to Alaska. I want to drive all the way to Alaska and back. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, so you drive across the Canadian border? Yeah, which they won't let me right now. Or Why? Maybe, well, I'm not allowed to carry my firearm across the border, for one. I can. There's a lot of loopholes I'd have to jump through beforehand. Second, I, uh, I'm i not vaccinated, and they're not welcoming to people like me in, the, <laughs> in today's current age. You fucking sicko. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so... I mean, it sucks, but it is. it would be an awesome goal. I mean, it'd be one of those jobs I'd be happy to do and yeah. figure out how to make it work, even money and profitability-wise, just because I think it'd be a great experience. What if you ferried from, like, Washington across the ocean to up to Alaska? Or do you want to literally drive through Canada I want and drive. flip off every <laughs> Canadian molasses tree that you can? I want to drive all the way across there and pee in Canada at least a few times leave my <laughs> mark and... I just think it'd be a fun experience. The ferrying idea, like, it doesn't intrigue me. It seems, like, dumb. I, I feel like that would be hard now that I said it to try and back your pickup and trailer off of a ferry. I mean, some guys have to do that a lot in New York, actually. It's like 135 bucks to go across the river into, like, Jersey or whatever it is over there. Oh, really? Forgive me if I'm not right. I have no geographical picture of that. But I've just seen pictures on Instagram where guys are like, 
You could either go sit on the road for four hours or you could pay 190 bucks to back your truck and trailer on a ferry and go across the river in 30 minutes. Mm. So, no, I just, I think it'd be a fun drive. And it also, it's also, it's fun because it'd be a challenge. It's not, you know, a flat highway all the way across there. And it's also something that I would guess in my industry, probably less than 5% of the guys get to say they actually did. Yeah. So definitely a, a strong milestone for the company. Yeah, it, it would be awesome. Um, you're saying sorry, I don't. I don't want to say your other driver's name, but sorry, dude, I'm taking this one. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do that one. And my wife said I'd have to take her with me too. <laughs> She's like, if you're going, I'm going. I'm gonna have to get a babysitter for two weeks. So you guys better start working on your passports. That's oh yeah, that's another thing I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that would be uh, it was a work goal for traveling. That would be awesome. That would be a fun one. Um, personally, I've seen enough, <laughs> and there's. I personally, I would rather move somewhere different yeah. than here, at least right now. I mean, I have reasons that I'd want to stay here where I am, but I also have some pretty good reasons why it's not the most optimal thing for me or my family to stay here. So, uh, but I always thought it'd be cool to get, you know, a cool like station wagon or something and just go on a big road trip with my family. Cause I get to send them pictures of all these cool places, but then it's not the same as seeing it. You yeah. Know, like when I went through Oregon for the first time, I thought Oregon was like stupid flat beach land. Like it was all Portland. Like it was all just rainy and shitty, but the mountains up there are fucking crazy and the trees are huge. I've seen a couple of pictures of the trees and I do want to check that out. Yeah. It, it would, I got to send my wife some really sweet pictures, but it, it's not the same as actually looking at a Star- tree. Yeah. Staring out the window. Yeah. So it would, I think it'd be cool to take my family on a road trip. Like, for a while there, I kept like a little journal of places I thought would be a cool little drive to take them on. So, work-wise, Alaska, driving to Alaska. Personal-wise, probably just just a nice long road trip with no no timelines, no deadlines. Yeah, a, a full take of gas and nowhere to be. Yeah, and just take my family to some of these places where I think it's cool. I also have odd taste, you know. I like desolate, weird places like Eastern Montana. Everyone loves Western Montana, but I love Eastern Montana. Get out of here. Get out of your own shop. <laughs> Go. Because that place is trash. I Like that old, what is that, that old two-lane highway that runs to like Glasgow? Like that was one of my favorite drives. Like I, all the way. I know that town. town. It's like the northern part of Montana. There's like this two-lane highway that just goes all the way across the state. And no. It's just a blast. Like every little town. I think it's cool when you get to go to an old town and you get to be like, it's all decrepit and falling apart, but you're like, what did this used to be? We were, we've been in the same town before. Cause I was there last summer for a job and you actually hauled Kubota's out of there. Yeah. No, I was hauling for that case dealership that's in Glasgow. Different, different shade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I was, uh, I think we were only a couple of weeks apart when I went through and you were working up there. Yeah. So I like weird places like that. I'm not, I'm not a mountain guy. The mountains don't like they're cool. I like driving through them sometimes, but I'm not like, let's go hike. Like, I have a car. I don't like walking. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It has its pros and cons. It's just, I don't know. Driving through Texas is also cool. Um, there's a lot of little towns in Texas where you just, you see things you wouldn't think you'd see, or you see things and see what they used to be. Like, when you go through some town that had an old still mill or a big old cotton gin that's like 100 years old and falling apart, yeah. and you're just like, man, what did this place look like 50 years ago or hundred years yeah and with the giant old houses and just like the way they build there because i mean like we said you can be on west texas and then you go over to east texas and it's a completely different world 
So different. <laughs> West Texas is a dusty, crappy desert. <laughs> <laughs> and Texas has like one mountain right in the middle of it. Yeah. It takes like an hour to drive over and you're done. <laughs> but East Texas, green trees, rivers, everything. It's awesome. But, yeah, there, what about you? What What would be your in-country goal for, like, I'd like to go travel over here? Um, I had – I think I I want to check out Tombstone, Arizona, just because the movie was badass. Definitely. I want to go reenact Wyatt, not Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, <laughs> and go see where the OK Corral happened. Um, I've been over to Florida a couple times for fun. I think more central, like Midwestern area, like Tennessee. I went on a hike out there, even though you're not fond of those. Uh, there's just so much cool stuff to see when you can get off the road oh yeah yeah i'm like people like to walk through the mountains and i'm like i want to go to the same place i just want to drive and i'm not scared to drive on like you know i, I put a video a long time ago <laughs> this lady asked if i charged extra to drive up a dirt road and she lived out in the mountains in, here in colorado and i was like no well she should have rephrased that and said can you drive your loaded truck and trailer up an old riverbed for 10 miles to nowhere where I'm building this massive awesome house. It was a really cool experience, but I was like, yeah, this is not a dirt road. This is an old river. It was gnarly and it probably probably wouldn't have wasn't the best idea to drive a loaded truck and trailer up there and there was a couple five-point turns and uh they th- and of course I get all the way up there with a 40-foot gooseneck and she goes, "Oh, I thought you were bringing like a 20-foot trailer for a skidster." No, She's no. all surprised that you made it up the mountain. Yeah, they were a little surprised and I've I've been up the there was one in Montana I remember one time, the hill was like a forty five degree and it was all ice and that guy's like I've had semis up here and I had a three quarter ton with a thirty foot gooseneck and I couldn't make the turn I was like you haven't had semis. maybe <laughs> dump trucks <laughs> not, not a semi at the trailer so I ended up having to like offload his uh his bobcat and drive it like two miles back to his house in the mountain. Oh, my God. And, of course, you know, no cell service, no nothing. My wife couldn't get a hold. She could only ping my little GPS in my truck to see that I was moving, so I was still alive, but no way to actually contact me. Yeah, you start moving your skidster, and all of a sudden the GPS unit does not move. Yeah, so that was that was a fun one. But, uh, yeah, I would say we should probably get back to <laughs> <laughs> out of the dreamland a little bit and Make sure before we wrap this up, you know, some more some more uh, on the road knowledge. Um, so if you are older, um, well, I, not really older. Like I said, I lived in hotels just for work. You know, it was a lot easier. The company I work for used to pay for my hotel. They, they made some changes throughout the past years and they made adjustments in per diems and stuff like that. So it was a little bit more doable and affordable. But. When I went through, when I got divorced, I ended up buying a travel trailer just so I had like a place to call home and I can keep working, working on the road. I think that's probably the most optimal way to travel if you can. Yep. Um, if you can buy a, you know, a travel trailer or a fifth wheel, you also get the opportunity to bring whatever kind of family you have, whether it's just a wife or a significant other, maybe your pet, that way you can bring them. Or if you have kids, you might have to buy something a little bit bigger to hold everybody. But this way everybody is with you yeah it's a, it makes it a little bit more easy on you it's almost a win-win yeah i would i would definitely say that um that is a big piece of advice that didn't dawn on me until it was too late yeah especially in the oil field i had lots of options to travel and i was just like 
you know, it's me and my wife. I don't want to leave my wife at home. I got two dogs. I can't bring these dogs to the hotel. I mean, I could bring my wife, you know, even that other drilling company when I went to Texas, like he was like, yeah, you can bring your wife down. You just got to pay for your own room this time. You know? Yeah. And then it's like, well, I don't want to put her in a hotel room. What is she supposed to do in a hotel room yeah. while I'm working? So it was, there was that problem, but that was a thing that never dawned on me soon enough. Yeah. That would have been, if somebody would have pointed me to that option and explained it a lot better to me, I probably would have traveled a lot more in the oil field when I was in my early twenties, just cause it would, I could have brought my wife. I could have brought my dogs. I could have kind of had that win-win situation and it would have, I think it would have been a fun time. Yeah. The other thing I would like to touch about on traveling is, so not just the, the heartaches in a relationship. I mean, most people can imagine that. And I think we summed it up pretty good. Communicate, be honest, cut ties if you need to cut ties and just always work on being as patient and as the best communicator you can and set your expectations and stick to them as good as you can. But another thing I think a lot of people forget about when they're on the road is there's a lot of health problems and health problems arise from taking all that road money and spending it all at the bar or the strip club. But say you're a truck driver like me traveling is there's a lot of things no one tells you when you start traveling right no one tells you how hard it is to actually find a decent fucking meal yeah that's very true no one tells you how expensive it is to eat on the road every night even if you are you know eating crap shit from truck stops it ain't cheap and sometimes the money you're making doesn't offset being able to go to a sit-down restaurant at least a few times a week um I will speak. I know it's a little different for you. You guys were working on job sites, so you usually had hotels. But like in the truck driving world, one of the biggest expenses I had that I never even crossed my mind: showers. It cost thirteen to fifteen bucks to take a shower at a truck stop. What? Yep. And a lot of guys can just to go stand in a room with water. Yep. A lot of guys can negate some of that cost by. A lot of truck stops have these reward point systems. You get so much fuel, you get free showers. Yada yada yada. But let's say you're in a niche industry like mine and you're in a hot shot truck, you're not going to meet those fill-up goals because you only got a 30, 40, 50-gallon tank mm-hmm. where they they purposely set those goals that like, oh, buy 100 gallons of fuel, get a free shower. Well, I'm never going to get that. So I accrue some points and I can get a free shower depending on how much I fuel. But that is that is a thing if you're going on the road as a truck driver, I can speak to is you need to adjust – your health priorities. It mm-hmm. is, it's a lot harder. If, if you're a guy who actually does work out, which is rare, it's a lot harder to take a 20, 30,000 pound truck or an 80,000 pound semi and go drive it close enough to a gym. You can actually get into and get a workout in. Um, it, it's hard to go to the grocery store and get groceries and get real fucking food. Um, healthy food at truck stops isn't healthy. There's uh, no such thing. Yeah. Healthy food at a, at a truck stop just means it's like, not going to kill you today like the chicken fried whatever they have. It's just going to kill you the next day instead. I legit spent $6 at the truck stop this morning for a little pack that gave you three crackers, three pieces of cheese, and some meat. So, yes, it is marketed and sold as a protein pack, but even at that, it's still more expensive than a bag of chips. Yeah, you could have got two or three of those at the actual grocery store for that price. And that's uh, that is a problem I see with a lot of people whether 
it's especially prevalent in the trucking industry. But even guys who are in hotels, you know, they're always eating steaks and beer at dinner. They're yep. always going to hamburger joints. They're always eating Taco Bell and bringing it back to the room. You know, you guys can grab a hot plate and cook your own meal a couple of times a week and enjoy yourself. You know, get a barbecue and barbecue outside with your friends. Yeah. I bought a charcoal grill from Bucky's and then I started, I started, you know, grilling every, every other night or so. And that was very enjoyable to be outside and be able to cook and not have to go to a restaurant. I think you get two, two bonuses from doing that. You get the aspect of feeling a little more at home. Yeah. Like you're, you're enjoying your time. It's like having a barbecue on your back patio. And then you also get that slight health benefit, you yep. know, cooking, cooking some, at least some decently bought food from the grocery store is still better than whatever, you know, hamburger you're going to get at Red Robin. You Yum. Know, Red Robin's great. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, but you probably shouldn't be eating it five times a week. Yes. Very true. Um, so health wise, prioritize that a bit because whether you're, it's easy to point out with truck drivers, but. Even if you're a guy who gets to go to hotels and sleep in hotels every night, you know, most of those guys are always going to come back 20, 30 pounds heavier than when they left. Yes. And so, even trying to find the time to get any sort of exercise in when you're traveling, you, you you don't get very much time because you're up at four or five in the morning and you're back, you know, seven or eight at night because when you get done with work, you go shower, you go eat. And then yeah, a, lot, a lot of people just don't prioritize it as much as they should. Traveling work, the the work is what's prioritized. So your boss is probably going to be working you more hours than you work at home. Yes. So that's cutting your time outside of work. And then so when you're getting home, you're wanting more to get more directly to the, you know, sh- shower, shave, and go to sleep routine. And that can just lead to some more shitty health decisions. Yes. So and then working out like just like we were saying, you got to put effort into a relationship with your significant other. You got to put effort into your, your health on the physical aspect. And then on the, the next, the next big important thing I'd say is your, your mental health on the road. Um, depending on the type of traveling work you're doing, it can get real, real, real weird. You can, if you're traveling with a construction crew, you can end up with a group of guys who have some of them shitty morals we talked about earlier, and that can be contagious. You can be working with a lot of guys who are really about that home life, and that can be contagious. So you have to pick and choose and put your effort where you need to. If you're stuck with a group of guys that have some shitty morals, some questionable morals, you know, you, you're going to have to put effort into maintaining your positive morals, you know, whether that means not going to the bar with them after work every day and you only do it once or twice a week. Um, same with, uh, like, um, trucking. Okay. The biggest thing I think a lot of people don't realize about trucking is when you go sit by yourself for 24 hours a day, because you're sitting in a truck driving for 11 to 12 hours. And then you're sitting in your truck all by yourself at night. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of time to think. Yeah. Sometimes too much. That's one reason why not when not driving a truck by you'd spend so much time at a restaurant or a bar because when you're working and you want you don't want to go sit in a silent hotel room or a cabin or something because it just, then it just feels like a prison yeah you need that social thing but you just got to make sure them social things you're you're chasing are still hopefully a net positive because i see a lot of truck drivers they get they get addicted to bullshitting with other truck drivers and it creates echo chambers of dumb ideas they get addicted to online chat rooms. They get addicted to all these horrible social cues <laughs> <laughs> that really 
really are not they're not a net positive. They they create more problems. Like truck drivers can be some of the weirdest people you meet. Yeah. <laughs> I've met some really weird ones and you can tell right away like uh you know, the guys who only listen to political talk shows all day. And then when they park the truck, they want to find the first person they see and tell you why the Democrats are drinking kids' blood and it's fact and it's unquestionable. <laughs> and there's aliens and we all got microchips inside of us from eating processed foods. Like some of that might be true. I don't know. Sir, your tinfoil hat is showing. Yeah, but th- th- they wear that thing proudly. <laughs> so there's there's a mental health thing that I would definitely say requires as much effort as everything else. You need to You need to put effort into it and you need to put effort into making sure it's a net positive, you know. Spend time by yourself if instead of being only spending it around bad influences. If you're going to do it by yourself, do it in a positive way. Yeah. Whether you go to the gym, you go to a golf course, and those are just things that I do because you need to find a way to distract yourself or not not necessarily distract yourself but a healthy way to get out exactly and then on the flip side of that if you are being a depresso sitting in your hotel room in the dark by yourself go out to dinner with the guys you know go have a little bit of social interaction you know in a healthy way yes you know so do those things put effort into it and you know just prioritize it in a way don't don't just be about the work and spending your money you know, prioritize trying to make the whole experience a net positive, the experience of traveling, the mental part, the health part. I mean, being on the road, sometimes I get to the gym more when I'm on the road than when I'm at home because when I'm on the road, I got nothing to do. Yeah. I got less, less excuses and or reasons to not go to the gym. I'm going to sit here on YouTube or am I going to go to the gym and work out? Exactly. So just work on making it a net positive. The, the, just try and help close the biggest investment that you can do is on yourself with trying to wrap that up and be, you know, a healthy, a healthy habit. The better you, the better you make yourself, the better of a person you can give back to say your significant other or your job. And there's, I would just say, don't be a bitch. There's no reason. There's no reason to let traveling work ruin your life. It's only going to ruin your life if you allow it to. Yes. You make those decisions alone. So I guess to, like you said, to get it closed and wrapped up here, you know, if you're going to travel, just make sure you set your priorities, make sure you set your goals, make sure you tra- uh, communicate properly and the make sure your expectations are reasonable and make sure you also take that time to go home. You know, I would say that's an, uh, that's the last final thought I would have to say is that I see guys who, you know, the boss says, you want to go home for two days? No, nah, two days ain't worth it. Yeah, it might be worth it. You know, I've seen guys who, if I can't go home for a week, I'm not going home. You know, that whole thing. It's like, yeah, I think that might be unhealthy. So I guess we'll wrap this up. So hopefully you guys got some insight. And again, this is another huge subject. I'm sure we can definitely talk about some more, especially with some other people. Yeah, I'll definitely get some outside perspective on some better things and some bad things that happened. So definitely take care of yourself and there's a lot to consider when it comes to being on the road and working so and don't forget to talk to your friends if you have to that uh that shit on the road i see a lot of people deal with shit on their own the guy next to you is probably going through the same shit so talk to them be honest about it and have fun yep so to end everything thanks you guys 
Make sure, like we said at the beginning, like, share, comment, review, all those numbers help. It just helps everyone else see our, see the Blue Collar Syndicate show even more. The more people see us, the more we can do to help you, the better things we can, you know, we become better for you. And don't forget to like and follow our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and a future YouTube channel. All the links will be in our show notes when you want to subscribe to those with just a little check mark, check mark. You push the button and you got us. So I think we're good. I think we're good too, buddy. Take it easy, guys. Later. Later.